we might be doing that today. But I want to talk about the process of God's plan, purpose, and design of His church. The process of God's plan, purpose, and design Uh, get into his word today. We're going to be starting out in Ephesians. The Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 2, and we're going to read verses 19 through 22. And um, now. I'm going to be reading from the New King James text, uh, and there's a couple places in this um, uh, that um, um, the wording has changed just a little bit uh, from the original King James, and you'll see that as we get to it. Now, therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Having been built. Now, if you've got a new King James, uh, you'll see that. But if yours is just a regular King James, you know that it's a little bit different there. Having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. And like I said, if you notice on the screen, and are built. Uh, but... Uh, there's a past tense. It's a past tense in the original Greek. And so the New King James brings it out. Having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, and whom the whole building being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord, and whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place, of God in the Spirit. I want you to look and notice in verse from verse 20 and verse 22. Verse 20, as we have read, having been built, and then in verse 22, are being built. There is a difference, and that's what we're going to be focusing on today and in future lessons. Let's pray. Lord, as we come to you today, we thank you and we praise you for your uh, this service today and your spirit that we uh, feel here. And I'm asking God as we go into this uh, message that you'll anoint me, God. Give me uh, uh, the ability to bring forth the word, God, as you uh, see fit today, that you would touch every heart and every life in the blessed mighty name of Jesus. Let the church say, Amen. You can be seated. Praise the Lord. I'm not going to uh, uh, rush today. I'm going to take my time. I ain't going to try to, a lot of times when I'm trying to get something done, I'll, I'll kind of speed things up and rush. I'm not going to do that today, uh, but I will, I will stop when I, uh, according to what the Lord says, stop and, 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 and by the time on, on the clock, we'll just simply pick up before we leave off. Um, 
The Apostle Paul, in writing his letter to the Ephesian Christians, spoke a great deal about the church and the predetermined purpose of which we are designed for. Uh, A lot of people don't understand that God has a plan for the church. The church was designed for a specific purpose. And sometimes we forget that. Uh, And in Ephesians, the Apostle Paul speaks a lot about the predetermined purpose of which we're designed for. In the present text, Paul speaks concerning what God has done and the life of the believer in comparison to what God is presently now doing. And that's what we're going to be talking about. We're going to first, in this first part, we're going to talk about what God has done in our lives. And then we're going to move from that on into what God uh, uh, is presently doing in our lives. What He has done, what He's presently doing, Uh, uh, within the life of the church. It's important for us to know the total process that God leads His church through so we can be more able to submit our lives to His perfect will. Hallelujah. I don't know how you think about it, but, you know, when uh, I like to to know what somebody's plans are if I'm going to be working with them. If I'm going to be dealing with them in any kind of way, it all it, it makes it easier if you know what the plans are. Hallelujah! I mean, uh, it makes a difference when a, when our country go uh, when our nation goes off to war. Uh, uh, when when when, that, uh, when a president sends a, a bunch of soldiers off to a foreign land, when there's a predetermined purpose and plan, a purpose. What what is it that we got to achieve? When that is known. Amen. The battle's a whole lot easier. Hallelujah. It's a whole lot easier. Amen. And you get into trouble when you start going off blind and you don't have all the details. Amen. And it's the same way uh, in, in, in living for God. Now, in the first part of this, uh, uh, this two-part series, I want to speak concerning where, we, uh, where um, we're standing, where we're standing right now. And in the next part, when we go on, we're going to be talking about where we are heading, where we are standing and where we are headed. I realize that this message may seem uh, maybe repetitive for those of you who have been on your journey for a long time. Uh, sometimes I'll, pre- I'll preach a message and, and go home, and, uh, and I'll, maybe on the way home I'll ask this darling, says, well, how, how was the message today? She says, well, says, uh, uh, I already knew that. <laughs> Gee, thanks. <laughs> but what is... What we got to look at and how we got to think of it, everybody in the congregation is not on the same spiritual level. You've got old, you got old timers and you got new timers. 
you got some timers. My some timers has turned into all timers. But we have we have to balance out the meal to feed everybody. Hallelujah. So if some of the things that I'm going to be bringing to you today may may seem repetitive, uh, I'm going to ask your patience so I may speak to those who are yet beginning their journey. We all need to deepen anyway. We all of us need to deepen our understanding and sharpen our focus from time to time because occasionally we drift away from the course which God has charted for us and we need to be redirected back on the course which He has directed. Hallelujah. And we need His grace to help us. I mean, every one of us. I don't know anyone who don't, who don't drift a little bit from the directive that God has set. And so, we're not just helping uh, the newcomers here, but we're, we're helping us all to, to, to kind of resharpen a little bit. Hallelujah. So we're going to begin this by talking just a little bit about where we are standing. Where we are standing. I'm talking about the foundation which has been laid. Now, going back to Ephesians 2, 19 and 20, he said, Now, therefore, we're no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, having been built... Now, like I said, in uh, some version says, and are built. But if you, go, if you go back to the original Greek, there's actually something written there that is supposed to be, uh, the indication is supposed to be in the past tense right here. And when the new King James come out, it brought that out. Having been built. I want you to understand that, we and the, we have already those of us who have come to know the Lord and living for God, Amen. We have already been built to a certain extent, to a certain degree. We have been built on something. But just because we have been built, don't mean God is not still building. That God is still not constructing. Like the song says, He's still working on me. To make me what I ought to be. Hallelujah. So, a lot of people, they, they focus on what has been built. Well, bless God, I repented and got baptized in Jesus' name and got the Holy Ghost 25 years ago. That's great. What are you doing now? Hallelujah. The work didn't stop there. God's work in your life didn't stop when you went through the plan of salvation. It's a foundation and a foundation only. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Have you ever been driving out? Uh, uh, and and uh, I've seen a lot of this since this economy. Uh, and going out and you can drive and man, you can see uh, uh, foundations start where uh, houses have been started. And, uh, and you can tell by the design and maybe where it's at. I mean, this started to be, this was going to be a, a nice home at one, uh, at one point. Maybe um, you know three, four, five hundred thousand dollar home or better. I mean, and and you see the foundation, you see where it started. But you can drive through the the countryside now, and you see a lot of places 
Well, the foundation was started, but there's nothing else there, and it's been a year or two years. All you can see is weeds have taken over. Amen. I seen a tea on the news not not long ago that some people in one neighborhood, um, not on um, on the east side of town from here, Father, uh, they was complaining in this subdivision because there was so many homes started that wasn't completed that they were they were uh, uh, homeless people moving in and, and camping out and. Places started, and there's a lot of people in their Christian walk have been the same way. They got something good started a long time ago. Well, God says it's time to finish what was started. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. It's time that we all, as a body of Christ, go back, hallelujah, to where we stopped and continue, hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Don't just let it, because if you stop there, what all's been spent, what all's been done will be wasted and amount to nothing if you don't let God complete the work. God started the work in you. Why are you still stopping and not letting him complete the work? Hallelujah. Every house has both a foundation and a cornerstone from which the directional line is drawn from. Without a strong, sure foundation, the house to be built will not have any strength and stability. Hallelujah. Now, we're talking about where we're standing right now. Talking about what God has already wrought in their lives and what we're standing on. If a house does not have a foundation, that house will not have any strength or stability. Jesus, in one of his sermons, spoke of a contrast between what he called a wise man and a foolish man. In Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through 27, if you'll bring it up on the screen, Sean, Jesus said, Therefore, whosoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, notice now, he said, Whoever hears these sayings or hears my word, and does them, I will liken him unto a wise man who built his house upon the rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house. And it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And every one that hears these sayings of mine and does them not. Remember now, you're, you're still hearing. You're still hearing. But does them not shall be likened unto a foolish man who built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. We need to understand here that Jesus is equating his words as being a foundation rock upon which we should build our lives. The words of Jesus, and that's, that's your Bible you're holding in your hand right there. It's a foundation in which we build our lives. Now, the wise man that heard his words and built upon them didn't have any problem when the storms of life began to blow. Hallelujah. 
here's what I was talking about at the beginning. We're, we're revisiting something we've talked about, I know, before. But sometimes we need to go back and remember a little bit that Jesus said the wise man was the man or the woman who hears what I say and obeys them, acts upon them. That's a wise person. When the storms of life begin to blow, you're not going to have no problem. But the foolish man was someone who heard the words of Christ but chose not to build his life on those words. And when the storms of life begin to blow, his whole world just simply fell apart. And I can see that every day, being a minister all the time. I want you to understand something, folks. If you want to start going to church and become a Christian so you don't have to worry about no storms in your life and not undergo no storms, you just, well, forget it, because storms comes to everybody. Everybody, good and bad. The Bible said it rains on the just and the unjust. Hallelujah. I mean... So if you come to the house of God because you think, well, I I'm going to get out of the storms, well, it's not going to help you because you go. I don't care how close to God you live, how good a life you live, how much you pray, you're going to have storms in your life. The Bible says many are the afflictions of the righteous. But the Lord... Delivers them. Who's the them? The righteous. Out of them all. Out of them all. Hallelujah. We got afflictions that we go through just like everybody else. The storms of life come and blow on all of us. But I'm, what the difference is between the foolish and the wise people is the wise people who have listened to the Word of God obeyed it and acted upon it, they will still be standing after the storm's gone. Hallelujah. Katrina was a bad hurricane, amen, and it destroyed a whole lot. But in all the destruction was all along the whole, whole coast. There were places that were blown away, and there are places that are still standing right now that survived the storm. And I'm here to tell you today that if you want to survive the storms coming in your life, then you've got to get on a sure rock. You've got to get on a foundation. You've got to hear the Word of God, and you've got to act upon it. You've got to believe it, and you've got to live it out every day in your life. If you don't do it, sooner or later... Your whole world's going to crumble up and fall. It ain't a question if, it's just a question of when. Hallelujah. Amen. And you know what? There's a lot of people in this, in this house today, some of them that I know of, because I've shared them and I've helped you, I've, I've stood beside you, I've prayed with you down through the years and, and helped you. There's a lot of people in this house today that have gone through some hard storms in your life. And you wouldn't be sitting here today if it wasn't for the fact that you have been built on the foundation of Jesus Christ. You built upon a foundation and a rock a long time ago. And it's that foundation that gives you the stability that you need when a storm comes blowing.
area and don't really live for God, one day your whole world's going to blow away. One day your world's going to fall apart. And the preacher's prayers can't help you then. Your mama's prayers can't help you then. The choir singing a song can't help you then. It all depends on whether or not you have been built. Hallelujah. There's a commercial on TV. An in-church commercial. And when it comes on, there's a big car crash. And that car crash, the guy says, now is not the time to think about whether or not you've got good insurance. Hallelujah. I mean, you had better already consider that before the accident comes. By the time the accident comes, it's too late. Hallelujah. There's a lot of people wait too late to call upon God. It all depends on whether or not where you're standing right now. It's where you're, st- where you're standing this morning right now. Are you standing on a foundation that has been built, that has already been built for you in the past? Are you on that stone? Are you that wise person? Think about it, church. Think about it. Hallelujah. We need to give that consideration. Hallelujah today. Hallelujah. Paul told the Romans when he was writing the book in Romans that it was not the hearers of the law who are justified, but the doers of the law. Hallelujah. He said the hearers of the law are not the ones who are going to be justified, but it's the doers of the law. And then in James 1.22, we find, hallelujah, amen, in, in James' epistle, Hallelujah, this famous text, hallelujah, that we've all heard time and time again. James 1, 22. But be ye what? Doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. Hallelujah. Glory to God. That, folks, is where the difference makes. Listen to me. There are still people in some remote parts of this world who has of yet not heard the words of Jesus. How do you know that? Well, I'll tell you how I know that. It's because the Bible says that when this gospel of the kingdom is preached to all the world for a witness, then the end will come. Jesus ain't come yet, so that lets me know that somebody somewhere has still not heard it. Hallelujah. America, on the other hand, and listen close to these words of Pastor Fixin's say. Listen close. America, on the other hand, has been painted over so many times with the gospel. She has become like an old house with 15 coats of paint, which really needs a good sandblasting job in order to get to the heart of the matter. Hallelujah. Kind of like that old house that used to be connected here. I, I couldn't believe how many roofs was on that house. I don't know how the thing, is, as rotten as termite infested as it was, actually stood up. Hallelujah. It had to be 
the power of God that kept Brother and Sister Hale protected when they lived there. I mean, just, just just one layer after the other. I mean, if colds had ever seen that, man, we, if we talk about the problem with colds now, we sure enough would have had some problem with colds. Hallelujah. There comes a time if you're going to paint, you need, you need to get a scraper first and do some scraping. Here we go back to the shortcuts. We, we like shortcuts. If I go to paint, paint something, and I, I used to, I used to, uh, I've, I've been a jack of all trades and single master none. I've done everything in my life to make a living. Hallelujah! And I, I even, I even uh, worked as as a painter for uh, for a man that did had his own painting business for a while years ago. And I'm going to tell you what I hated to go out on a job to paint a house to where the last two times it was painted that you had all that stuff on there that the people didn't take the time to do some scraping. It surely needs some scraping. If you got that on there, I don't care how good the paint is you putting on there, you're still going to have a mess when you get through. It's not going to look right. Hallelujah. In America, we have been coated over and over and over and over again with the gospel. And what's really going to take, we're just going Somewhere and somehow, God's going to have to raise up a man or a woman, hallelujah, to turn that word into a sandblaster and really get down to the nitty-gritty, hallelujah. Then we might have some hope. We might have some hope then, hallelujah. But we, well, here, here's the problem. The problem that we're facing right now is so many people have become desensitized to the truth of the gospel and have stopped believing it to be the one and only foundation upon which we should build our lives. There are fewer and fewer people in this world, especially America, believes that the gospel is the only foundation. The book of Isaiah tells us of a time when truth will fall have fallen in the streets. Think about that. Isaiah, 750 years before Jesus was born, he's looked and he saw a time that truth would fall in the streets. Folks, we are seeing this happen in front of our eyes. The one true foundation which was laid by God is very quickly being destroyed while the church stands by idle without a murder murder of a word. We're not, we're not saying nothing. We can't let the foundation crumble beneath us if we want any hope to be left for this and future generations. But that's what's happening right now. The foundation of truth is being crumbled underneath us. We got people standing up and going around the world and saying America is not a Christian nation no more. Leadership is saying that. That's a danger, folks. I'm going to tell you, I fear that more than I fear an atomic bomb hanging over my head. Because that lets me know the destruction time is coming if we let that follow through. The Bible said that they will come, that truth will fall in the streets, and there are people throwing truth. Every People every day, they're sweeping the truth out of the house right into the streets. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory. This is why 
that it's imperative to know where we are now standing in regards to the foundation we have been built upon. Do you really know where you're standing? Do you know where you've been standing? Let's look again at Ephesians 2 and 20. Where are we standing? Ephesians 2 and 20. And having been built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. It is through the doctrine of the apostles and prophets in which we were given the one and only plan of salvation, which cleansed our sins and saved our souls. And it is through the finished work of Christ at Calvary, which became the cornerstone of the gospel, and it is upon these things which we were built. Come on, somebody. We were built when we originally came to Christ. This is where we stand, and this is what we should proclaim to the lost world, because everyone who will be saved must be built upon the same foundation. Anybody who wants to be saved has got to be built upon the same foundation. I'm looking for a stopping place, but I haven't come to it yet. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 10 and 11. According to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. Verse 11. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. We got too many charlatans. We got too, we got too many, amen, self-appointed, amen, people, amen, trying to build a foundation to create. I'm a, hey, there ain't nothing wrong with you. Uh, doing a little little work on your house. There ain't nothing wrong with you sweeping out the cobwebs when they collect. There ain't nothing wrong with you mopping the floor when it gets dirty. There ain't nothing wrong with you doing a little maybe redesigning, maybe repainting, changing the colors here and there, lay some new carpet, do this and do that. But don't mess with the foundation. Don't mess with the foundation. Hallelujah. Glory to God. No other foundation can be laid, which is, but has already been laid. We've got to leave the foundation intact. Hallelujah. For this, this reason, true Christianity is not politically correct. Hallelujah. I said true Christianity. I'll be glad, and I'll be glad when this message gets put puts on uh, on the internet on the website. Hallelujah! I hope a lot of people hear this. True Christianity is not politically correct, and it doesn't fit in with the liberals' new world order because of that one true foundation. That's where the problem comes in. Listen, folks, 
they wouldn't mind a generic gospel, which includes everybody's belief and everybody's God grouped up into one amalgamated pot. Come on. I said, they don't, they don't mind a generic gospel. Matter of fact, that's what they will. Hey, they don't care for preachers to come and say a prayer, amen, in Congress or, or anywhere out in public today, long as it's a generic prayer, long as it ain't in the name of Jesus. They say you can pray, but you can't mention his name. Everybody's wanting a generic God. They want a generic religion that groups everybody's belief and everybody's faith into one big amalgamated pot, speaking love, peace, and happiness for all. It sounds good, but it ain't got no power. Don't have no saving ability. I'm here to tell you right now, prayer is not a true prayer unless it's prayed in Jesus' name. It's just a bunch of mixed up words that don't mean nothing, that have no purpose. We won't get to the high highs of sin, much less up to heaven, if it ain't prayed in the name of Jesus. It's a fact Jesus claims to be the only way, and the apostles preach, remember now, we're talking about the foundation, built upon the foundations of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ being a chief cornerstone. Remember that? Well, it's a fact that this cornerstone claimed to be the only way. And these apostles preached their gospel was the only gospel. Did you know the apostle Paul and the rest of them preached their gospel was the only one? Hallelujah. Which makes the message of the Bible unblendable with modern thought and philosophy. It's like oil and water. Hallelujah. The Word of God in modern philosophy is like oil and water. It ain't going to mix. Quit trying to make it mix. We got some Christian people trying to mix it up. Hallelujah. But it ain't going to mix. Hallelujah. Not unless you water down the gospel to the point and place that it don't taste like gospel no more. Hallelujah. You can take coffee and put, keep pouring water in it and pouring water in it and pouring water in it. Sooner or later, it ain't going to taste like coffee no more. Hallelujah. Some, some, sometimes, amen, you can, you know, when, you're, uh, uh, when you're cooking, and you, know, you have to add a certain amount of water. And that, that's that's par, part of it. But, I mean, you can overdo it to where it, I mean, it just weakens everything down to a point in place. John chapter 10, 7 and 9. I'm, this scripture and one more, and I'm going to close it because I can't finish it. John chapter 10, verse 7 through 9. Jesus, then said Jesus unto them again, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. Verse 9. I am the door. By me, if any man enters in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. Hallelujah. Jesus is the only way. He's the, he's the only door. He's not a way. That's why, that's why this thing won't blend with other religions. That's why it won't blend with other thoughts and philosophies. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, the life. Hallelujah.
glory. Galatians 1, 6 and 9. Let's see what the apostles said about the gospel that they preached. Paul told the Galatians, he said, I marvel, I'm amazed that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ into another gospel. Verse 7, which is not another. There's no other than the gospel and what, what, what the apostles teaching. That's why, folks, people say, why do you want to use that name apostolic? Because I, I, I believe and I teach and I live the same thing the apostles. And I, 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 I've been other places, folks. Hallelujah. And the power's not there. The power's not there. Glory to God. God has moved mildly in my life since I began to put, amen, my choice to what the apostles preach. I'm apostolic and I'm proud because I preach what they, hey, I know we have a shadow of down than what I preach right here behind this pulpit. If you can go back 2,000 years and sit here, Peter and Paul, I promise you, you're going to hear the same gospel. It ain't changed. Hallelujah. It's been handed down from generation to generation. We might not be the biggest congregation in town, but we but we'll, we understand what the Paul said he said, the time will come that men will not endure sound doctrine, but they will heap to themselves teachers having each and ears. We want the motivational speakers today. We want the feel-good preachers today that make you feel good about yourself. Hallelujah. Amen. We want to talk happiness. Amen. And everything's hunky-dory and all that stuff. But the problem with it is there are people dying and going to hell every day. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And I, I'm concerned enough about what I'm going to have to face God for when I stand before the judge in my own personal life. Hallelujah. And I, I, I'm not going to stand there and have nobody else that stood under me and say, Brother Sam, you didn't tell me that. Hallelujah. I'm not going to sell out. Hallelujah. I want everybody to love me. But love me or not, I'm going to tell you the truth. Hallelujah. If you're not looking for truth, you need to go somewhere else and look. Hallelujah. Because it's the truth that makes you free. It don't set you free. It makes you free. There's a difference. Hallelujah. Being set free and made free. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. He said, which is not another. There's not another gospel. But there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel. See, Paul had to put up with this 2,000 years ago. They were people back then trying to pass out another gospel. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Go on down to the next one. But though we, listen to what Paul says now. He said, though we, that we is Paul and the rest of the apostles. Because they're the ones who declared this thing from the beginning. Though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel, hallelujah, it don't make no difference if an apostle stands here and starts telling you something else and what you've been told. Hallelujah. And the, reason, <clears throat> the reason why I got this jacket on because I'm trying to keep my wings down here and hit. Hallelujah. Lord, hallelujah, 
Hallelujah. I took, I took the batteries out of my halo before I got on the platform so it wouldn't shine and hurt your eyes. Hallelujah. So even an angel from heaven preaching the other thing. What did he say? Any other gospel unto you than which we have preached unto you, let him be what? Man, that's powerful words. Go to the next one, brother. And as we said before, he, he's repeating himself. If Paul repeated himself, don't get on to me if I repeat myself. Hallelujah. And he said before, so say now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than, well, uh, than that you have received, let him be accursed. Let him be accursed. Brother Darrell, I want you to come. I'm going to finish this next week if the Lord permits next week. But I, I can't finish it today. We'll have to do it later. I want to conclude by asking everybody here, I'll, I'll, everybody on the sound of my voice, as Brother Darrell, when Brother Darrell starts to sing, let us all examine our personal spiritual standing with what that I preach today and for you to be positive that you're on the right foundation and are sure beyond a shadow of a doubt that you are saved and know where you go. I know we got some people say, well, you can't know it. I'm going to tell you something. You better, you better not live a day of your life without me. This is a no-so-salvation. Jesus didn't die and shed his blood at Calvary so we could spend our whole life hoping that we're going to make it. That's a bunch of bull. The Bible says that you're supposed to make your calling and election sure. Hallelujah. I've been built. We're going we're gonna, to we're talk a little bit further about what's being added on right now, what we're doing right now. But listen, I, I've been built on a foundation. And I'm standing on that foundation. And that foundation is what's going to carry me if I was to fall dead behind this platform right here and now. Hallelujah. I don't, ha- I don't have to worry about nothing. Brother Sammy, why do you want to say that? Because, listen, I know it's not on my ability. It's not on my strength that I'm That's going right. to be saved. All it's right. on His. Yeah. I've had the blood applied to my life. The Holy Ghost is inside me. Hallelujah. Yeah. That gives me confidence. I don't have no confidence in how and what I do and what and all that stuff because I, I'm just like you. We're all human. That's right. But you can have confidence in what Jesus Christ did and what He's still doing yeah. in your life. Stand together. Brother Darrell, sing a song. The altar's are open. Mm. Lord, Your grace and Your mercy
Sing it one more time. It was by His grace and mercy. Him. You heard this message today, Lord. Your grace and Your mercy. Oh, hallelujah. It's brought me. It's brought you here today. Oh, I'm living this moment. We'll see you through tomorrow. Oh, because of you.